0: Not really sure that I've got very much to say today, but I thought it might be fun just to switch the recording device on, wait a few seconds while I stuff it into my trusty breast pocket to keep it safe from the wind, although there isn't any today, and then just ramble chat, see what happens. What have I been doing? Well, most of today, I've been playing around with image generation. I still haven't quite worked out how you can save the images as they are noised. And in fact, I've asked the Apple people whether they can help because it doesn't seem to be documented anywhere. But what I did think this morning was that I'm generating all these images, some of which I really like, but I'm not routinely saving the prompts that generate them and although as my wife ruefully observed the prompt doesn't always generate the same image indeed quite the reverse it never generates the same image it generates all sorts of other images if you want to get anywhere near to what something that you've generated that you liked you do probably need to have some recollection of what prompt you used and this raises quite an interesting question because prompting, particularly in the image generation world, is a little bit counterintuitive. It doesn't generally seem to work by giving the AI more and more detailed information. In fact, almost the reverse. Some of the most striking images that I've seen on Twitter from people who work either for or with mid-journey, consist of a relatively few number of words, maybe 20 at the most. Some hieroglyphics in the sense of you have to tell it what the aspect ratio is to be and which version of the software you want it to use. But the prompts themselves, the words, don't really seem to convey what you need. And of course the reason for this is because although from the human point of view you're trying to communicate as clearly as you can, what the AI does with this prompt is to turn it into a vector, or a set of vectors, which are the query key value vectors that are central to the attention mechanism, and then it creates from those a vector that it uses as a reference point during its denoising process. And that's true whether it's a text-to-image or an image-to-image. The difference being that in an image-to-image case the image is first noised and then the image is denoised using this text vector, in fact, it's probably noised using the text vector, but I'm not sure about that. It's quite an interesting question. Do you, as you might say, stack the deck by noising your image in a way that's likely to facilitate the quality of your denoising? I imagine that you do. It would certainly make sense if you did. So you end up with a long vector list, if you like, of numbers, floating point numbers, decimal numbers and that vector is what governs the quality accuracy of your denoised eventual output images. And what you and I might think of as a good prompt isn't always a good prompt. Because the things that work best for the machine turn out not to be the things that work best for you and me. There's of course a a sermon, a metaphor, a point, a philosophical uh, insight there. Which is the way you and I understand the world is not the way the AI understands the world. Even if we apparently communicate in the same language. So... The text prompt can be very interesting. And anyway, I decided that I wanted to try and save these text prompts. And although there is obviously the rather painstaking process of writing down the file name of every file image that you create and attaching the prompt to it, a much more straightforward way is to save the prompt itself and here i mean the descriptive bit not the not the command prompt that dictates which model you're using you're using so there'll be a quote in the middle and it might say something like german shepherd dog lying on grass ultra realism style of rembrandt or something like that and you can save that into the metadata of the file so i thought well that would be a good idea if i just did that every time then the prompt would automatically be saved and if I ever wanted to get it back I could retrieve it by deprogramming it by getting the information back out again and so I thought well I don't know how to do that so how do you do that and there is a thing called Pill which is a Python image library which has given rise well it did a long time ago it's been around for years it gave rise to Pillow which presumably is a some kind of low small footprint Python image library and both of them have the means to store ping images PNG images and store information with them include including the metadata so you can put a line down like metadata dot add underline text open bracket quote prompt close quant close quote comma and then you can put your prompt in and you don't even need to type it because the the python program will have been interpreting the line that you sent it and this will already have been called prompt so all you need to do is put prompt and lo and behold you can recall this from your saved image as often as you like as well as look at the image so I did that this morning, I was quite pleased with that. I also, as a result of seeing things on Twitter, was made aware, or perhaps just simply alerted to, reminded that you can do these images in all sorts of styles. And a guy had put some styles from ancient Japanese, is it Edo or Eno art? The school of Edo which were very effective very recognizably Japanese so I thought well I wonder whether it can do that and remember this is still running on my local machine so I did and it worked quite nicely so I thought well I wonder Chinese what about that so I looked up the names of some ancient Chinese painters who painted often on silk and it quite happily coughed up a few completely fake but recognisably Chinese, ancient Chinese styles. Complete with Mandarin Hansa characters beautifully inscribed in the corners. I've absolutely no idea what they mean because I can't read Chinese caricatures, uh, caricatures, calligraphy for the life of me. Even though I can read little bits of Chinese printed in Hanza, I cannot decipher the handwritten versions for the love, for the life of me. So I've no idea what these things say. They look very pretty, but uh, they may be very rude for all I know. But it still will do it and duly save the prompt as well. So you can say, the Emperor Ming Huang traveling in the district of Shu, ink and color on silk, and you get a beautiful, or well, many beautiful Chinese, quasi-Chinese fake illustrations that look just like that. Um, the next thing, i mean, you may think this is a bit strange at this stage of the proceedings, in my image to image thing I can deal with images of pretty much any size but what I haven't yet managed to do is to dictate to the text to image what shape the images it generates should be And it's certainly the case that this whole program likes square images better than rectangular ones but sometimes you don't want a square image for one reason or another not least because if you're going to print it out on a piece of A4 paper you really want it to fill the page rather than waste some of it and anyway I'm sure that won't be very difficult to find out but uh, so that's what I've been doing and in the background I'm sure my brain has been thinking more about the things I was mentioning yesterday the four points but in particular the the conceptual apparatus that this affords, whereby we can both understand how we can fail to see that something is full of significance or meaning, that it matters, if you like. We can fail to see that because of failures in our cognitive system, deficiencies thereof, But the image that is chaotic to our senses can still be decoded by the AI, by the Transformer model into something that looks perfectly recognisable. And indeed that looks related to whichever image we started from, albeit rather loosely or obliquely. But that only adds to the fun. So that I I've still really blown away by the implications of all of this. Maybe I should just spell one or two out. You know, I'm walking along in a in the afternoon on a Thursday. It's a beautiful sunny crisp cold day. Hardly a cloud in the sky, a few over in the distance. It's uh cold. Probably not more than 2 or 3 degrees most and the sun has probably got another hour and a half before it sets. But at the moment it's quite warm. The solar panels at home are enjoying the cold sunny weather and although they're not generating anything like they generate in the height of summer, when it's 40 kilowatts is normal, they're certainly producing six or seven nowadays. Which is more than they did in January, uh, more than they did in December, is partly because the leaves are off the trees and so they're generating earlier in the day as well as being the days have actually been brighter for the most part than they were in December if cold. So I haven't really said very much but I, I think it's still quite an interesting, interesting set of ideas what's flowing along And uh, I'll probably call it a day there because I'm not sure I have anything to say. Thank you for listening.